Welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution. Here's your host, Brandon Allen. All right, welcome to the New Work Revolution podcast here on NewWorkRevolution.com. This is your host, Brandon Allen, and we're about a month into the new year. And this is a great time to check in and see how are we doing with our New Year's resolutions. Is a new year a new you? And look, I'm a big fan of having opportunities to create a mental reset and to maybe renew, uh, you know, who you are and and how you show up and who you're being. I think that's really important. And and the new year is kind of a, a time where, People get into this. They think about this and they they think about, okay, you know, these are some things that I want to do differently. This is how I want to show up differently as a human being in, you know, these certain areas. And look, uh, I got to look no further than, you know, I'm at, uh, you know, guys poker night in January and I look around the table and all these guys are not eating sugar and carbs and all these things because all these guys are on a diet. And look, I'm not opposed to a diet. I think eating healthy is a good idea, but it's funny how restrictive we get at the beginning of the year where we decide, okay, this year is the year that we don't do X or that we lose X. And we, we make this commitment to that, but here's the reality of the situation. You know, I go to the gym, the gym is jam packed, right? I mean, it's hard to get uh, appointments. I mean, it's just, it's jam packed. And, and, you know, you, you you start coming towards the end of February, beginning of March, you start to see some of these commitments that people have made. And I use commitment lightly in this case, and they're and they're not happening. And and my you know, one of the thoughts here is that, you know, people are, are pretty interested in change, but they're not committed to change. Because if you were committed to change, you would do the change that you were committed to. And so for most people, they have plenty of interest in change and what change could look like but they don't really have a commitment to change. And so today I want to talk about real change. Like how do we get real change? How do we create the environment for real change to happen? And and some of it is just about being honest with ourselves. And look, I think it's important to, as you get into a new year and you talk about resolutions, you talk about goals and different things that you want to change about who you are, it's time to get honest with who you have been. And I think that's something that a lot of people that I notice, they don't they won't do that. They don't get honest about who am I being? Who is it that I was up to this point that's led me to the place where I feel like I need to change this behavior in order to create a different outcome for myself? And if you don't do that reckoning, if you don't get honest with yourself and, you know, where, you know, what's what's the place that we're at right now? How do I do a a full accounting and a reckoning of, of where I'm at today? so that I can move forward. And instead, instead of looking for, uh, you know, what is going on in our heart, what's going on in our head, you know, what are these things that are shaping our behavior? What we try to do is just change our doing. And it's not uncommon for people to have a 25 or 27 point checklist for change. And they're trying to change all these different things at once. You know, I want to eat better. I want to go to the gym more. I want to pray more. I want to read the Bible more. I want to uh, go, you know, do more friend activities. I want to spend more one-on-one time with my kids, more date nights with my spouse, whatever it is, right? We have all these different uh, 
rules and guidelines and checklists that we have, but none of those checklists, none of those things will matter if you don't change the inner game. And the inner game is where the winning comes from your achievement or lack of achievement of a goal. And look, I don't care, an arbitrary uh, date switch in a year, in a calendar, is not going to change that. I mean, how many times do you see someone who says, well, you know what, man, I, you know, I'm going to start this new diet on Monday. So they're starting the new diet on Monday. What do they do during the weekend? They act like there's going to be a zombie apocalypse and they'll never see food, specifically maybe alcohol or sugar or candy or chips. Like they'll never see any of these things again. And they just literally put themselves into a diabetic coma over the weekend so that they can prepare for the new them on Monday. But just because Monday came and it's a new week and you're interested in eating differently does not mean that that is going to be sufficient for real change to occur. And the question becomes, look, if I wanted to binge over the weekend to prepare for my upcoming cleanse or my upcoming diet, why did we feel the need to do that? What purpose does food or beverages or these other things, what, what purpose does that serve for me? What is it that's comfortable about how I've been behaving or what I've been doing that I'm holding on to? Because that's where the true freedom, you know, comes from. So I'll give you an example of kind of how this looks in my world of work. So I do a lot of management, a lot of leadership training, right? And, and there's times where, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll work with a leader and I'll talk to a leader about making changes and how they approach employees how they uh, approach their team, how they manage their business. And they say all the right things on the phone, right? They say all the right things. And then they show up at work completely different than that. And so we get on our next call and we assess kind of how they did, what transpired since we last talked. And what we realize is that nothing significant happened. And the reason why is because they really weren't that interested in making the change. Like intellectually, they were like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. But there was something deeper inside of them that was holding them back. And so from a leadership standpoint, you think about this. There's a lot of leaders that I work with that aren't great leaders because of the way that they relate to the people that they work with. They see people as obstacles. They, say, they see people as uh, something that needs to be controlled. They see uh, really they, they see a lot of frustration and impatience with their behavior. And so when they see that uh, behavior uh, that, that doesn't agree or align with how they want them to be, they shame them, they judge them and they start to create labels for people. And so I hear this a lot of times where I'll do an exercise where we talk about self-fulfilling prophecies and self-fulfilling prophecies are things that we think in our head that, that, that end up coming true. And so uh, team members is a great example of this. So I get a lot of leaders who say, well, my team is lazy, Brandon. Do you understand this? My people are lazy. I have the laziest group of employees in the history of employees. There's no fixing this. I mean, they're just lazy. And so this is the narrative that the leader holds onto. And then they wonder why the employees show up in a way that, that uh, as you perceive it from the outside, it appears lazy. And my whole thought process with this is, look, you can't change the environment or the culture until you change your attitude and how you relate to it. And so this is the same thing with, with any goals that we have, right? If you want to be a better leader, you can't say, 
well, gosh, you know what? Um, employees suck, but I sure like to be a better leader. I mean, it's not going to work. It's never going to work because you're always going to relate to employees suck. And look, your brain is not stupid. It's not going to do things that it perceives as being terrible. And I was just really excited. I, I had a conversation with a leader recently, and she has just grown leaps and bounds in this area. In fact, when I talked with her initially, this was the thought process and the mindset that she really struggled with because she saw all of her employees as obstacles. There was a lot of things that she put up with because she just felt like, well, you just have to put up with this because it's hard to find good help these days and employees are unreliable. Everyone knows that. And so I just deal with all this crap that happens. Well, she's made a specific shift in her approach and a lot of it is in her mindset, her mindset about who her employees are, what they represent, what they're capable of, and what she can and doesn't have to put up with at work. And it's, com it's created a complete shift. A year and a half later, the culture is great, the business is growing, and there's this kind of structure and opportunity now that exists for that leader to continue to branch out and do new things in areas of thought leadership and marketing, all these other things that can happen now because they have the team that supports them. And it all started with the mindset. But then I've had, you know, uh, you know, I've got other people that, you know, they'll show up on phone calls. And I talked to a, a gentleman, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago who just said, you know, Brand, listen, um, you know, I feel like some of the work that I've been doing in X, Y and Z has been really uh, mindset heavy. And he's like, I already know all the things. That's what he said to me. He's like, I already know all the things to do. I already know the things I just need to, to do it. And I need a mentor to kind of help me with those things. But the reality is, is that there was a resistance there to really leaning into a relationship that was holding this person back from coaching. And instead of leaning into that relationship and getting more clarity about how he could create more power in that relationship, he attributed it to knowing he put up that block and then that relationship didn't cultivate and, and, and happen at the level that it could have in a powerful way that it could have because he was unwilling to examine, um, you know, what that relationship might look like. Um, if he leaned into that and, and how things could be different, um, you know, if he had shown up differently in that relationship in terms of what was possible. I mean, it's just it's really hard sometimes for people to get out of their own head and, and really embrace what's possible. And so think about the things that you say to yourself, things about the, the things that you think about what's possible for you in your uh, your objectives, your goals, your resolutions. I mean, look, how you relate to yourself is really going to be important. And so here's some things that I think will be very helpful. If you want to create lasting change, if you want to create differences, here's some things to understand. Number one, what are your values? What do you value as a human being? What are your values? And if, if I call something a value, this puts me in a really tough place because values to me are the ultimate commitment to a standard and an ideal that I probably will never reach at the highest level, but that I'm always striving for. You know, so so people ask me, well, Brandon, what are your uh, what are your uh, values, right? So I'll, I'll tell you my values. Uh, number one is to uh, is Christ-centered living is my number one value. How do I live uh, in in that way, right? And that's that's a pretty darn big standard. And so you know, I I don't want to step over the importance of that. It's pretty big. Number two is family. You know, so how do I how do I value family? How do I lean in? How do I invest in that? Number three is growth. You know, how do I 
how do I always invest in my growth uh, opportunity? Um, some of those things. Number four is freedom. Um, how am I always, you know, wh where am I looking for opportunities of freedom? How do I create freedom in my own life? Freedom from my own thought bondage, uh, freedom from, you know, for having opportunities and things that I want to do in the way that I want to do them. And my last one is loyalty, you know, how, just creating loyalty and in every single area that I possibly can and, and being as loyal as I possibly can. And that doesn't mean I'm always going to be loyal or that doesn't mean I'm always going to get that right. But, you know, how do I strive for those things, right? What are your personal values? What are your top five values? And and a lot of times people don't write these things down. They don't, they don't consider them because they don't think about it and they don't think it's important or they're not sure what their values are. And the best way to figure out what your values are is to start uh, writing values down and walking in those values and being cognizant of those values to see how does that feel? How does that sit? You know, my values have changed over the years and, and I'm sure yours has too. And so, you know, what are those values? It's important to understand your values because that's going to really help drive your behavior. The second thing is, what is your purpose? Do you know your purpose? What is your purpose? And when you know your purpose, all the other things can unfold the way that you want to because your purpose is about your being. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? So for me, I am a person of, uh, of, of deep curiosity. That's when people ask me, what is my purpose? I am a person of deep curiosity. I love to understand how things work. I love to understand the complexities of a lot of different things. So that allows me to really play in a lot of different areas. Uh, and, and really, when, when we talk about coaching and, and some of the work that I do, uh, I dive into people's minds and I ask a lot of questions because I am a person who's generally curious about why people do the things that they do, why they think the way they do, why they, um, you know, why they show up and choose some of the things that they choose. That's something that I'm fascinated by. So people say, what is your purpose? I say, I'm a person of deep curiosity. And, and when I think about an extension of, of my purpose, which is my mission of my business, and, and we exist to create rich environments for people to go deeper in their own understanding and learning. And, and we do that in a lot of different ways through coaching, through workshops, podcasting, books, all those kinds of things help us take leaders who have a deeper understanding of themselves and they're, you know, we want to create environments so that they have that. And then that way they can be better leaders for the people that they serve. That's what we want to accomplish. And that's an extension of my own purpose. But if my purpose is to be a person of deep curiosity, sometimes the person that I have to be most curious about is myself. And this is really scary for a lot of people. Like, how do we do that deep work and strip away the layers about why do we do some of the things that we do? What is it about the things that we do that maybe are not uh, very flattering, not very, uh, you know, not very exciting? What are those things? You know, why do we do the things that we do? And a lot of times it's really scary to get into that space and to really think about why we do the things that we do. But what is your purpose? What is your purpose and how does your limiting beliefs, all those things that I talked about earlier, how do those things get in the way of you living and expressing your purpose? You know, and, and that's kind of the follow up question there is, have you identified your limiting beliefs? And I'll tell you this right now, this is a free tip. If you're listening to this and I said, and I said, how, you know, what are your limiting beliefs? And your first response was, Brandon, I don't have limiting beliefs. Well, there's a limiting belief right there. So there you go. There's one. Okay, so that should get you started to find other limiting beliefs that exist. But we all have these limiting beliefs. These could be things from childhood. These could be things from work experiences that we've had, family experiences that we've had, you name it. And there's all sorts of bad thinking that exists, right? You take someone um, who has a, a, a bad experience in relationships, right? That's a really easy one to kind of find that, right? 
okay, I had a partner screw me over in a romantic relationship. So our response to that is rather than have that happen again, I just won't do relationships. Well, that's not real. That's not realistic. And it doesn't really come from a healthy place, right? We're making a choice maybe out of fear, not a choice out of abundance. And so that's really not ever a, a great choice, right? So when we have these limiting beliefs and the limiting belief in this case is like, you know, uh, you know, all romantic relationships end in disaster. So therefore not getting involved in uh, romantic relationships is a good idea for me, but we can always look for examples of what are romantic relationships that I see around me that do work. And not because it's, it's clean and it's lovely all the time, but it seems to work. There seems to be techniques and tools and understanding and ways of being that has allowed that relationship to flourish that maybe I don't understand. What does that look like? So what are your limiting beliefs that you carry around? These could be limiting beliefs about your ability, your way that you relate to other people, the way you relate to the world in general. What are your limiting beliefs? And as an extension to this, and this is something that I've had to work on myself, is are you a victim of perfectionism? Because there's nothing that gets in the way of resolutions or goals and objectives more than perfectionism, right? I'm either all in or I'm all out, or if it's not done exactly this way and in this fashion, like I'm out, like it doesn't work for me, I'm not excited about it, you know, forget about it, right? So it's this rampant perfectionism that really holds us back from achieving things. And what happens in perfectionism is we either don't start because we're not sure that the right environment exists for us to be successful or as soon as we have a little failure. And if you have resolutions and look, I mean, we're we're over a month into the year already. I bet you failed. And that's OK. Right. We're going to learn from that failure and then we move on. But what happens with perfectionism, as soon as we fail, we say, see, I knew it. I knew this was not worth my time. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to quit now. And instead of getting into the the the, the arena and 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 wrestling with the the failure and figuring out where did that come from? How did that exist? And, and playing around with that in that space, we, uh, you, you know, we just give up, we throw in the towel and, and we lose a, a, an important thing in that moment of understanding why we showed up the way that we did in that moment that led us to falling short of the standard that we set for ourselves. And look, uh, every time we set a standard, we set ourselves up to fall short of that standard. And that's okay. That's an opportunity for, for us to continue to learn and to grow and to wrestle with those things. But if you're a victim of perfectionism, if you feel like, hey, things have always got to be perfect, they've always got to be right, then you're probably not going to try a lot of things different and you're going to stay in your comfort zone. Even when you have intentions of doing something different, ideas of doing something different. So the reason why I bring up values, the, re the, the reason why I bring up purpose especially is, look, if you don't know your purpose, if you don't have values, why are you changing? What is your change for? And every change I implement in my own life is for me to understand what uh, is this change for? How does this change serve my life better? Because if it doesn't, then it's probably a change that I don't need to make because it's not going to be something that really resonates with me long term. So, you know, as, as you kind of go through this, kind of think about what that looks like. And, and look, uh, so when we talk about change, all right, three things I want to leave you with here is we, is we talk about, okay, how do we create lasting change? How do we create change that makes a difference? Know your why. Understand your values, understand your mission, understand your purpose, not only for yourself, but the activities that you're engaged in. Why do you do what you do? Why do you hang out with the people that you hang out with? Why do you go to the places that you go? Why do you participate in the activities? Why do you work at the place that you work? Why do you do any of these things? 
Are these things serving a greater purpose? Are they getting you closer to a, a, a far off vision of, of what you see for your life? And do you see that? Do you have a clear vision of what that looks like? And look, this is going to be some of the hardest work that you do in this space, because this is a long time. Like I just shared with you my purpose. I shared with you uh, my mission and my business. These things didn't happen overnight. They took uh, at least over a decade to kind of refine and really work on and do that. But it's worth it when you have more clarity. And when people say, well, gosh, why did you do that? Or why do you do this? I have a very uh, well, you know, a, a very thoughtful answer around that because I've thought about it and I've, and I've reconciled with what purpose does this serve for me? Why do I do this activity? How is that a, an expression of my purpose and who I am? And, and I'm hoping that as much as I possibly can, I can do things that really serve that. The second thing, besides knowing your why, is be okay with okay. Forward movement is the goal. How are you moving forward? Be okay with okay. Look, if your day today was a little bit better than yesterday, man, that's awesome. That's a win. If your day tomorrow is a little bit better than it was today, that's awesome. And you know what? If it wasn't, fine. Ask yourself why it wasn't. Assess it. Do the deep work. Get in there. Reckon with whatever it is that you need to reckon with. And then move forward. It's fine. But be okay with okay. You don't have to be elite every single day. You don't have to be magnificent every single day. Be okay with okay. If you have an okay day, fine. Pat yourself on the back and move forward. A little bit of improvement is a little bit of improvement because listen, you don't have to take a quantum leap to get a quantum result. It's small steps diligently every single time, every single day. If I can get a little bit better every single day, that's great. If I can't, that's fine, but I, I want more days to be better days than they are not better days. And if I do that, I'm likely going to come out ahead. The last thing that's so key is when we talk about perfectionism, sometimes we, we craft these grand master plans, but keep it simple, right? So know your purpose, be okay with okay, and be and keep it simple. Just keep it simple. What is something simply that you could do this year that would create some transformational change? And change is not easy. It's difficult. If you try to change 25 things or 27 things or 40 things or 10 things, that may be too many. When one or two or maybe three things would make a significant impact in how you saw the world and how you related in the world and how you related to others as you go through that journey. It doesn't take a lot of things to change. It could be one, two or three things that really make an impact, but keep it simple because when people fail, they try to do too much. You know, you see that person at the gym, right? I mean, it's the person at the gym. And I talked about this with power hours last week. You know, when it, with a power hour, man, start out at 15 minutes, right? If you're at the gym, man, go to the gym for 10 minutes. I don't care. Five minutes. Do something. Do something. Start somewhere. Keep it simple. Do something that you know you can do and make a commitment to and then move on to the next thing, right? What does that look like? Make that commitment to yourself and, and, and step it up as you go. You can keep it simple. But look, I mean, you can, you can make it bigger than that, right? If you want to do 60 minutes but you know you need some accountability, you need to create structure around that to kind of help you follow through, then do that. But keep it simple. Keep it something that you can manage. Keep it simple, something that you can stay organized with that's not too much so that that change actually does occur and you start to get into the habit of growing and changing. So look, is, is this the year for you to be a, a new you? I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. People ask me, um, you know, hey, what are your resolutions for this year? I don't have resolutions. I don't. 
Uh, I've made all sorts of random arbitrary changes at random arbitrary times because, I, because I've realized I've been just as guilty as you are of waiting till Monday and then uh, you know, binging on Swedish fish for an entire weekend and chasing them down with like a two liter of Coke or whatever it is, right? Knowing I'm coming up on a, on a diet or whatever it is. And I just decided that I wasn't going to do those things anymore. I was going to just look, if I saw a change that needed to be made, I was going to make the change and move forward. Do it in a simple way with small steps that led me, that started me down the right path so that I can grow and expand from there to make that happen. So what does that look like for you? What is it going to take for you to be uh, a new you this year? How do you grow? How do you evolve? How do you expand? What is your purpose? What are your values? Um, you know, what are your limiting beliefs that are getting in your way? Are there things like perfectionism and other things that you're reckoning with uh, that are interfering with that? And I'll tell you this right now. If you don't understand the why behind who you are and what you're doing and where you're going, what is the change for? Again, the change is meaningless. It's just arbitrary change. It's change for change's sake. But when you put a purpose to that change, man, that is the true power in creating resolution. So I hope this was helpful for you. I hope this gave you maybe some insights some things to kind of reckon with and to help you uh, stay committed to the things that you committed to at the beginning of the year. Listen, if you've fallen off track, if you've gotten away from some of the things that you already decided to do from the beginning of the year, it's not too late to bring those back, right? It's not too late to do that. Um, don't be afraid to do that. There's nothing, uh, there's no shame in that. Go forward, uh, embrace those things, uh, look at the growth that you want to exist, create the space for that to happen, enlist the support that you need. And I look forward to seeing this be your best year yet. If you have any comments, questions, anything uh, on the podcast, go to newworkrevolution.com. Hit me up there. If you like the show, share it and rate it in iTunes. That would be great. I would appreciate that. I know a bunch of people have done that. So thank you for doing that. And uh, hey, we'll come at uh, we'll come at you again with a podcast uh, real soon, uh, sometime in the future. So thanks again for listening, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the New Work Revolution podcast on NewWorkRevolution.com. Until next time, take your business leadership to the next level and join the revolution.